Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guests discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience as a field, and to share our members' stories. Episode 22 is here. As mentioned on our last episode, we are heading to the great state of Georgia. Hang on, my good buddy Darrell Smith, Minority Outdoor Alliance of the Sporting Life Notebook. We're catching up Darrell in the red dirt of Georgia on a very, very hot turkey hunt. We're talking about big picture ideas, life, turkey hunting, so much. We're catching up with Darrell in 90 seconds. Let's go. This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast, hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad Turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts. Picture this, the sky full of birds, a good dog by your blind, and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle III. Dominate the skies. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Yet another <laughs> creepy hotel recording session. <laughs> last one, last one was with Ben O'Brien. I think it was in a, a, a dated hotel or Holiday Inn as well. So you at least had a theme. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, I get a lot of good uh, rewards. <laughs> I guess just go with what you know. Hey, look, don't if if, if the uh, what they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Exactly right. Man, yeah, well, thank you for having me on, and thank you for coming out to hunt, too, Dude. man. So happy we got to do it. We both stink of uh, what you said, stink of the outdoors. Uh-huh. We literally just rolled in here, pulled the equipment out. Um, you're on a tight schedule. We've been going since 4 this morning. 4 a.m. And uh, chased Georgia turkey on some pretty, uh, pretty land. That was uh, made available to us by uh, Georgia Power. You have a relationship with those folks. And talk about that. So Georgia Power is our, um, for the Sporting Life Notebook, um, that organization that we started is our sponsor. um, And they actually do a lot of things that people just really as it stands now, really had no idea that they're involved in. So they're much more than just 
an electric company, right? They do a ton of work for conservation, for habitat conservation, um, for wildlife. Um, they also set up a ton of different opportunities for Joe Schmo, like every any and everybody that is a Georgia resident to be able to go out and use you know, various properties that they have partnerships with um, or that they own themselves and they lease out different yeah. things that they do. But basically, Georgia Power wants to make it to where, you know, Georgia residents have somewhere to go to recreate in the outdoors. Um, in addition to that, they want, you know, they, they want it to be known that like and you saw it today. They're putting their money where their mouth is with habitat work. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, th this property today, um, you know, was much was private, but it was managed for turkey and things like that. They were doing all the burning. They were doing all the cutting. Um, and they just want more people to know that, like, again, they're much larger than just a light company. You know, um, everything that they do is for the benefit of Georgia residents. You know, when you can't get that Disney trip, you know, during the summertime, because Lord knows Florida is just too booked up or something yeah. like that. You got, you know, you've got different public land opportunities to take your family to. Yeah. You know, you met Dawson Ingram today. You know, he manages all of the lakes and things like that in that particular middle Georgia area. Um and those lakes are available to people. You just got to get permits and things like that. But it's a fairly simple and, and, and fairly straightforward process. Yeah. You know, so it was real easy to, to, to give Dawson a call. And Dawson um, actually uh, hooked us up with Jeff today yeah. and said, hey, look, you know, we got some buddies coming down, want a turkey hunt and, and want to showcase the property. Um, of course, I had to make sure that that NWTF sauce was on there, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it was all for a good cause, and I think it was a good time today. So. Oh, it was great. I mean, we had uh, action right away. We both made a decision not to pull the trigger. We could have. We could have been done and, and uh, over to the Waffle House and lickety-split right. time. Right. But uh, we had... Uh, yeah, a nice three pack of Jake's, maybe a couple super Jake's in the three pack and yeah. that, uh, you know, they played the game and maybe we cheated them out of a, a good death. I think so. Um, I feel that way sitting here at uh, 830 at night in a hotel room <laughs> in the Holiday Inn. <laughs> um, but there we had a gobbler up top of us and we knew he was there. So, you know, we wanted to make a, a, a day of it. I mean, you're going to going to go tour the grounds and see the good work that's being done out there. And, um, you know, you can't see that if you kill right away. Right. Well, and it. it I think that comes down to that moment at 730 this morning. Right. That would have been all of three hours of us being on the ground. Right. Like that's not a hunt to me. And what did you you came all the way out here from Montana. Yep. Doing all of this great work that you're doing out there talking about the turkey trek. Just all of this. You didn't come down here to stay in the woods for three hours. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I listen. I mean, we could have walked back out there. I would have put the dead gobbler in the truck and we could have taken a tour. <laughs> right. We could have. Uh, but... No, it's all uh, it worked out the way it needed to. And I, uh, I'm, I'm totally happy. And 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 I don't think uh, Ben O'Brien's curse rubbed off on me from Montana. I'm just going to chalk it up to yeah. I had a day to hunt and that's what it was. We got into it, made a decision and that's on us. So mm -hmm. but it was cool to to tour uh, the property we were on. It was cool to uh 
see you in action and, and also, you know, share some, some turkey wisdom with you and things you didn't know you got to learn. Yeah. And, and that was very cool too. I learned about turkey poop. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> it, right? is, it is important. It tells um, a story. It does. I did not know how to sex turkeys based on the shape of their feces. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and that's really good to know because again, you know, turkey hunting is, is the part of my outdoor pursuits that, you know, it's not bird dogs. I'm not like, neck deep into it because I spend the entire season dealing with dogs and right. quail and stuff. So when I get a chance to go after some turkeys, you know, to me, this is a new movie. Like <laughs> I'm excited because I, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit more out of my element, Yeah, but I've done it enough times to kind of know what to look for. And it's just exciting. It's refreshing, right? It's hot. Dude, it was it's, hot today. It's, it's not cold. No. Well, I guess it depends on where you're at in the country. I went in 24 hours walking in ankle deep snow in some parts of Montana to yeah. hot and humid 80 plus degrees in the Georgia sunshine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. And and so what does that do to your body? It, it makes it freak the hell out is what it does. <laughs> but that's for another time and another right. story. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I, you know, and I wanted to get your thoughts, man. Like, you know, because I don't think you knew Georgia Power was doing Dude, I had no idea. That. And you and Dawson seemed to vibe really well yeah. at lunch. So let's talk about that some. Well, I mean, just recognize an opportunity. And, I, and, you know, I just because I work for the organization, I, I can't possibly know everything. So it was it was encouraging when I asked him, like, are we doing stuff with you currently? And he's like, yeah, we're, we're partners and the partnership is good. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love hearing that. And uh, the, the fact that organizations like that can take advantage of opportunities to work together, to collaborate, to to let people know that you have these wild spaces to go and enjoy. And then obviously you start brainstorming. Well, how can we make people more aware? What, what can we do as far as bigger initiatives and things like that? So certainly that conversation was good to have. But now for me, knowing that something like that exists, well, where else does it exist in the country? Do we have other opportunities? Do people, does it exist and people don't know? Like here in Georgia, you said there's a, there's a, a communication breakdown that everyday folks don't know this resource exists. Mm-hmm. So hopefully by way of, anyone that hears this podcast and you know you put it out to your audience and they hear it and um you know people in this area of georgia or in the state can can go now okay i heard this on the podcast and i'm gonna go check it out and see if there is something in my neighborhood where i can take advantage of that and i can go turkey hunt or quail hunt or um you know, just go out there and walk around. Yeah. Um, have first time experiences. You saw, you got to watch a, a bird dust itself this I afternoon. Never seen, and it never was, saw it. not only did we see that, but I, we saw one of the prettiest turkeys I've ever Dude, seen yeah. before. It was a cinnamon golden. Kind yeah. Of she was all like cinnamon and bronze, like all the way through. Yep. And, um, I'm not, I, I don't, I like to place an antics on this one. I'm not going to call it a phase because there's yeah. no phase. A turkey's not changing its clothes, right. but she had an off coloring, but it was, she was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen a coloration in a turkey like that. Yeah. And she just minding her own business, yep. just walking, you know, through the, uh, you know, just walking through the field and everything. And we were hoping that there was going to be a time that might've been yeah. following her, but it looked like she had already, you know, been claimed. <laughs> yeah. 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 She was, she was probably definitely on a nest and, um, mm-hmm. uh, a few of the hens we, we had encounters with acted in, in such a manner. So, um, yay for Georgia turkey yeah, recruitment. Okay, Hopefully okay. those those nests uh, carry through and, you know, they can get, you know, some turkeys recruited and, and see more on the landscape. It's a it's a pretty spot. And it looks like, uh, you know, Georgia and then the folks, whoever they're aligned with helping them with habitat management are, are getting it done. Um, those 
longleaf pine grows we were in you know it's the bottom was pretty clean mm-hmm. i didn't run into snakes which was awesome well we, one, we, snake. one snake but it wasn't venom. no no poison it so was like a, uh, was not was afraid a black, uh, black racer yeah yeah and he was racing he's getting the hell out of there he's he gonna get gone. stepped on yeah <laughs> i didn't know what was going on like um jeff was like Dora, look at this look at this look at this and and all of y'all had already seen it yeah so i stepped forward and i was like whoa hold on when uh, what and later, it like shot off Later on in the afternoon, I hadn't even shown you this yet. Let me pull it up here. There was like, I saw like those, what are they, anole lizards? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I seen a bunch of those on the trees, but then there was like we this. We have a ton of them. This like skink looking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very well, maybe a skink. I don't know its actual uh, taxonomy here. I can probably tell you. We we get. Look we, at this one here. This little, little guy right there. Oh, yeah, that's a skink. Yeah, it's all that's right. A skink. Yeah. Oh, man, look at me. Yeah. Jeff Corwin, call me up. Let's talk. <laughs> talk about reptiles. Yeah, man, this this little skink, he skinked. Skanked? Now, skank, skank is a ska he term. Skanked he wasn't really jamming to, uh, you know, uh, Hepcat or anything. He just he just sat right there, slunk or skinked around. Mm-hmm. That's, That's pretty cool. They yeah, they um, we have a we actually have a really cool like just wildlife population yeah. here, man. Um, I, I was really glad that we didn't run in any, into anything venomous because that area is just known. Yeah, it's a known area for. Um, I bought my first set of snake gators yeah. for this trip specifically. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you got to come down to South South Georgia with me. Yeah. Um, and I got to really show you. So that snake belt I told you about that came from oh, a yeah, big old yeah. rattler now, big old Eastern Diamondback. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll take your word for it. Show me the. You can just text me. Yeah. Text. I, I, I got you. On the <laughs> I don't need to know the origins. I believe you. It's locally sourced. It's all good. It's organic belt. It material. is organic belt material, my friend. <laughs> okay, locally sourced. I was there when it was sourced. Is that right? I was there. My mentor almost stepped on it. Did you eat it? I wanted to, but I, my wife would not let me take it out. I heard rattlesnake's really good. I heard it's, it's very good. Like, it freaks me out when I see these videos and people skin them out and everything's out of it except yeah. for the muscle uh-huh. and that sucker slithering around like that. Eh. Oh, it was no, how now the one. sausage is made. Many people probably, <laughs> I'm not really getting down to eating that sucker. He has no head, no skin, no guts, and he is steady sneaking around, Just moving around. It was like that when we shot that thing. It was still moving around for a while, yeah. you know, and it just nerves, just like a chicken. Just a big giant muscle, man. That's it. That's all them That's nerves it. freaking out. But the the meat is apparently very good. I've never yeah. had it. My granddaddy had it. So he, um, when he was in the service, he was in the Air Force, but when he was in the service, he was stationed yeah. out in Arizona. Yeah. And they would kill him all the time and eat him. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. Was Why not? Good. Yeah. I, hey, look, if you're going to do it and you can eat it, why not? Cats just south of here are eating boa constrictors. That is a thing. That mm. is a Florida thing. Now, you've never had gator, have you? I have had gator. I like okay, gator. You have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Gator is good. It gator. reminds me of a, a meaty fish. Yeah. I don't want to say chicken because it's not anything like chicken. I feel like everybody says chicken. It's, it's too easy. <laughs> it's, it's lazy. You're not thinking hard enough. It's not, it's not anything like chicken. Neither is squirrel, so stop it. Squirrel is not It like looks... It looks, it has the look of chicken, uh-huh. but the, the mouthfeel, the taste is totally gone. Totally different. And squirrel is the move, though. It is very good to eat. Yeah, no, it's very good. good. Um, but we would have been eating turkey. Yeah, we eat crow instead. That's all good. Ooh, Humble go. pie. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can all stand a little bit of that. So, I, man, you, when you taught me that stuff, man, just as, as far as how to identify and sex a turkey. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I thought was really cool was, um, 
and I actually found it. It was uh, the the turkeys actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I meant to send it to you on Instagram. Oh, let's talk about it now because I think I think people in the audience would be had their interest peaked because this sounds crazy. So turkeys actually like bathe in ant beds. And like they let the ants bite them and it secretes. So is this a regional thing? Because we obviously in, in New England and northern northern spots, um, we don't have fire ants. Uh, really? Yeah. There's no fire ants. Oh, bless y'all. Yeah. So let's. Yeah, we don't have out. venomous stuff either. Well, we, that's not true. We do have some uh, random pockets of uh, timber rattlers, but nothing that anyone needs to wear gators around about. Right. It It's um. so I'm going to go to the, it's on the Georgia wildlife page. Yeah. Um, and if I scroll down, there is a picture not long ago of a turkey coming out of the dust. And like I said, I meant to send it to you before uh, my good old phone died. Oh, it's all good. Happened. So like, are the, do the ants get like, are, is it is get, ant like, specific? Like, is it a, a black ant, a carpenter ant? Are they saying it's the fire ants and they're going in there eating the lice? I don't know if it's an ant specific thing. They yeah. just sit on ant mounds. Well, that makes sense because there's just that basically an inverted dust bowl ready at the at the ready like right. they just go in there all that loose duff is there for them to clean themselves with. there you go there you go so this is the post it's the if you go to the georgia wildlife instagram page it is the november 24th 2021 piece mm. and it says fun fact about turkeys anting is a behavior in anting. which anting yep is a behavior in which a bird adds ants to its plumage wild turkeys do this passively by laying down on ant hills and pressing or scraping their wings and tail into it allowing the ants to crawl all over their bodies the turkey then flaps its wings and moves around and encourages the ants to bite or release compounds that provide natural form of pest control. Huh. Yep. Yeah, so they're going birds, after that, that, that louse. Yep. You called it. Some birds even preen or groom afterwards, presumably crushing the ants and wiping them across their feathers to release formic acid. No way. Yeah. Anting. Anting. I learned something today. Uh, so I did that. I did. Okay. So now we, we, exchanged. now, we're, now we, we had an exchange. Yep. We talked about this at, at, at convention. We had our mm-hmm. stage that it was an exchange. It's always, well, and that's the best part about it. Like think about this whole trip, right? Like you're coming down here to Georgia to hunt, you know, birds native to here. Yeah. Um, different culture, different style, yeah. like different hunting. Pro- it's it's totally different. And that's the part that I really like about this whole trip and, and everything that you're doing. Like it's about sharing. It goes back to if you didn't hear, you know, the presentation on stage at, at the um, NWTF uh, convention, like. What we're doing is sharing experiences. We're sharing cultural, um, you know, traditions. We're sharing various heritages. We're sharing in the grandest of schemes, and we're doing it outside, um, you know. And we're learning to be patient. I learned a lot about you that I really vibe with. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? nobody pulled the trigger on those birds because it was just as hunters, like you know what, this just isn't the right moment, right? So knowing that I'm sitting next to somebody with that kind of discernment is really dope. Like, that's a really refreshing feeling. There's a lot of people that would have pulled the trigger and they would have been in their right to do so. Sure. You know, but it's all I couldn't blame. It's it's not cheap. It's not cheap. (laughs) You want to get your money's worth. You want to, (laughs) you know, but, you know, now we ask a question of, okay, what what's valuable to you? Right. And obviously it's 140 bucks for non-resident tag. It is what it is. And it, I'm just, it's playing the game. It's part of the entertainment, right? It's that's part the of, fee in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it is. And 
it, to be able to say that, you know, a, a, a new friend came to my state, had a good time, you know what I'm saying? Learned something that I didn't know I was going to share. Right. Yeah, and I learned great. something like that's what this whole thing is about. Mm-hmm. It's not about just killing turkeys. No, it's about sharing the love of an animal. You know, your expertise. Like I was looking forward to that. Right. Like I, you got to think last season. I got a one time to hunt turkeys, like yeah. one time. And it wasn't even like a fully fleshed out thing. It was kind of in between running dogs. So like for me, there's this guest that's coming to, to my state, my home state to show me something that, you know, I'm working at. Right. Yeah. Like that's really that's what that's that is what hunting is about. Right. Yeah. And in that I was able to share, you know, some of my Knowledge about you know cultural tra- traditions of horses and quail Dude, and birds. Yeah, dogs and I mean, stuff. holy crap! The hour back to the hotel. I mean, some fantastic, fantastic conversation. <laughs> I actually wish we had the damn thing rolling. Some of it was probably too heavy for the show, but right. Um, it, real conversations that I think need to be had, and, and maybe for another time. But you know, you hit me too. So I was asking Darrell about his his love for horses. Like, you know, I know you live in a, you know Atlanta proper, mm-hmm. and you know you have a horse. So how how does that faci- how does that facilitate? Like, do you have space? And, you know, you told me, yeah, the horse is mine and I have this acreage and I have a home and I built the stable and the horse lives with me. And and then that turned into, you know, this this culture of of um, black horse riders, like mm-hmm. no friggin idea, like nobody knew. Tell well, let's tell the the, the three to four thousand people that are going to download this in the first couple hours. If you come to Atlanta, so you're going to come into the airport. And the airport is in an area in Atlanta yeah. called uh, Camp Creek Parkway, yeah. and Camp Creek is the predominantly black side of town. Like that's just where a lot of us. It's a very nice area. All, I mean, you know, a lot of wealth and stuff like that. But in that, there's a lot of what us old Atlanta people called like Atlanta style homes, which are when we grew up, there was a lot of acres. There was a lot of space. It wasn't rolling hills or anything, Mm. two, three acres. Um, And I grew up seeing a group of African-American horsemen that rode in and out of the city, like all the time, just in the horses were just as cool, calm and collected, you know, beautiful horses, well taken care of. And as a child, my mom um, coming out of the hood, she wanted to make sure that we always, my brother and I, but particularly me in this case, always had experiences that would get us, you know, again, sharing new traditions, right. building on it, it goes back to that, right? Yeah. She was building a new heritage and tradition and, and for my family yeah. that stuck. I don't think she knew it would stick. Well, I remember as a kid, man, like these guys would come out and in the city, like right across the street from the, the uh, like a gas, this is Amico gas station. And it was this little patch of grass. Like it was not big. And they would set up a little corral and just have young black kids riding. And it was, it stuck. So fast forward, you know, into, you know, my career in the bird dogs and, and quail, that's that's a part of Georgia's tradition is running dogs off a of horseback, stuff like that. Yeah, which, I mean, again, I had no idea about that either. Yeah, it's 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 a thing. It's plantation culture. It's all of that stuff. Well, living in Atlanta, where was I going to get a horse? Right. right. Like <laughs> wouldn't even cross my mind. Would it most people? It wouldn't. Well, I'm good buddies with um, Eric Frazier, who's the dog man at El Sama Plantation. Eric is also from the same side of town as I am yeah. up here in Atlanta. He just moved down there. Well, he's got a cousin here in Camp Creek, right? In that same area. 
that just so happened to be selling the right kind of gated horse that I need. Yeah. Right. And it, and it shows like how life cycles back around and you never know the various cultures and, and the types of people that you live next to, Yeah, you know, and, and the, the secrets of, of various cities, right? Like how deep that kind of stuff goes. And so, you know, when I got the horse, she was just as cool, calm and collected, doesn't budge around cars, all kind of really good around kids, you know, feet look good. I mean, everything checked out. And so it was just the right kind of decision. And that was the icing on the cake, you know, for all of my guiding and, and, and bird dog work and stuff like that. Picture this, the sky full of birds, a good dog by your blind, and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle III. Dominate the skies. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast, hosted by my good buddy, Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad Turkey products, including our innovative Bull Lounger Turkey Vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts. Secret is is a it's probably not a on purpose term, but it seems to be a an appropriate term and one that is uh, consistent throughout the outdoor community. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you manufacture bows or you're a guide or you do stuff for nonprofits or you have your own thing going, like in most part, and I, as we're talking this out and I'm and I'm thinking this line of thought, I think I've I maybe have come to some sort of small epiphany here on this. And that is, you know, we, we constantly say that as a, a hunting community, we do a terrible job of telling our story, um, telling stories of tradition. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming to the realization is it's not that we suck at it. It's that we just have so much damn shit going on. Yeah. We're busy and we're hardworking folks and we get after life and we don't, we're not very, uh, most of us aren't about the flash. Yep. And we're very unassuming and humble people. And so we do our thing. We fulfill our hobby, uh, whatever our, re- our recreation or entertainment value that comes out of that, that, that makes our soul good. And like, I don't think it really just jumps off the page. Like we have to make a concerted effort to step out yeah. in that limelight and tell these stories. Absolutely. So I think, I think in this conversation, I am going to start retracting some of the things I say about being bad and sucking at our stories because we don't. <laughs> we're very good at what we do. Mm-hmm. We just, um, I think there's a lot of humility and, and humbleness to it. I think so, and I think you have to be like. Oh. 
I'm sure there are personalities that come into the upland space, or not the upland, but the outdoor all space. All of it, yeah. They, all of it. You know who the they outdoor are. Outdoor space, yeah. yeah. And let me tell you something, man. Nature will humble you if you don't come in. We did today. <laughs> let me tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, it will humble you, and so coming in, knowing that. You should be if you come in with the expectation of getting humbled, there's no way for you not to be. Hum- you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you there. And, and, and man, it's so much better to find out about secrets. Right. Like when somebody has a really dope story, you and I are both podcasters. Right. Like, don't you love it when you're talking to somebody and you thought you had them paid? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and no then it's idea. just like, oh, shoot, wait, hold on. That wasn't that wasn't in the bio. That's <laughs> exactly right. And, I, you know, there's more of that. And there's so many people out there right now that are completely unlikely individuals. Right. That may get into the outdoors, may get into turkey hunting, may get into any of this stuff. Right. And think that their life or their lifestyle is completely normal or uninteresting mm-hmm. and then show themselves to our community. And, and, and the best part about this community is people want to celebrate that That's kind right. of stuff. Right. Yeah. It's, it's about recognizing that like your vibe is your vibe and that's what, and it should be celebrated. You know, that's, that, that's the piece that I really like about all of this stuff. Right. Like even with the sporting life notebook, our tagline is bringing the unlikely to the outdoors, right? Like that means exactly what we're talking about. We want to bring that unlikely because I want to find out about these new stories, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I didn't, I, we've been talking on the, you know, talking on the the hour and 10 minute ride back. I didn't know about how you grew up. Right. Like I didn't know your backstory. Yeah. I knew you was Italian and I knew, you know, uh, you were good friends with my buddy, AJ DeRosa. Yeah. But like, that's that's all I really had. And so to sit and just unpack that kind of stuff, dude, like that's what makes us better stewards of each other, but also then stewards of the outdoors. I know that when Fred goes out outside, like we're going to have a good time and I'm going to learn something and that place is going to be taken care of. Yeah. You know, like there's value in all of that, man. It, it's certainly and likewise to you, I'd, I'd reciprocate all that to you. Um, Thank you. And, and then covering these these individual nuances, it just it, it's exciting because it makes the conversation more rich. It's not like uh, it's not so like 2D that we're just going to talk about our, our organizations and talk about their missions and just kind of. You know, beat that horse that right. people have been listening to this podcast. They know what this podcast is about. People listen to your podcast. They know what that's about. Yep. But to be able to take that message and then throw that secret sauce mm-hmm. in, pun intended, um, that's what makes the conversation rich. Yep. And that's what makes it exciting. And that's what makes it compelling. And that's why people are going to listen to this thing all the way through and not just listen to the first 10 minutes of it. Right. Right. Because there we're like my goal, man. And in, in, in any time that I get into the woods or outside with anybody is to unpack, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand how anybody, how two individuals can spend, we spent well over 12 hours today with each other. Yeah. Not getting to know each other. You know what I'm saying? Not like, bro, I don't care how many turkeys you shot. I don't. It's dope. Like, that's great. And maybe I care if it means us having something to eat. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But to me, 
I, I like I care about you as a human being. I want to know all of this stuff We're, because, dude, it's it's like when we was dating back in the day, right? You you get on the phone with somebody, and they just is boring. <laughs> and you like, what are you doing? Nothing. What like, are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. Right. And it's like, man, I'm not here for that. Like, I'm I'm not. And we can do so much better. I think we empower ourselves as a sports um, and a sporting community when we go in with the intent on learning something really dope about the person that we're out in the woods with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and even, you know, my wife, we've known each other since we were 12 until this day, still we finding out yeah. new stuff about each other just from walking in the woods, you know? And like, I just think there's so much power and beauty into that. And we need to be celebrating each other, yeah, you know? So I can talk. I can talk about that all day. <laughs> so don't let me get on a rant. <laughs> I'll let you. You're you're the guest. They don't want to hear from me. Um, I so the the horse conversation. So it started off. Mm-hmm. I learned that you can hunt quail from from horse. Well, that's the, the tradition is using the horse as a mechanism to get to the mm-hmm. the area, and then you get off and you shoot the the quail and all that, which then turned into what you just told me, and then that took a another turn down a a, a social a social uh, commentary for about 45 minutes about, you know, the black experience in this country. And, you know, it, and it's, it's appropriate to bring up because that's what your organization is all about that. Yeah. We started that conversation in February on that stage yep. um, at the rendezvous there. And then we, you know, we kind of, for 45 minutes, we, we deep dived it. Yeah. And what I think most people would think are very uncomfortable conversations they had. I think, I think we flowed just cool. and there was, there was no animus or, you know, having to worry about, let me qualify my statement because we understand we, we're friendly. We're friends. There's the expectation again. Yeah. We, we know we, we've been hanging. It ain't, I'm not going into this like, Oh, what Fred going to judge me about yeah. this time? No, man. Like, you were asking open, honest questions. I want to know. Yeah. And I can't, like, I can't know honestly if I'm going to sit there and tap dance around issues. And I think that's a, I think it's a bigger problem and more 40,000 foot comment to make mm-hmm. about the state of our country. Never mind our hunting community. Right. It's the whole thing. Like we, it, it, and this, this, the old folks say this, and I know you didn't heard this before. You got two ears, you got two eyes, you got, Two hands, right? Two feet and one mouth for a reason. You got two nostrils. <laughs> All of that and one mouth for a reason. So you can observe right. to the highest possible capacity that you have when you're listening or, or engaging with someone else. None of which, n- none of what you asked was uncomfortable. It was genuine. It was like, yeah. look, you know, what is this? You know, what is the situation? We were analyzing, you know, what we really think some of the motivations were for Peter Spencer, right? Like right. that whole case. Right. And there are a lot are a lot of uh, of opinions that you know circulate around that. Well, in any other circle, people are like, oh man, I'm too scared to talk about that. Yeah. Why? Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and specifically about that, I might not agree with the outcomes. I might not agree with what how the case was handled. But you and I weren't there in the courtroom, right? We right. aren't there during the invest investigation. So the larger, more important conversation is not only how do we prevent that, but what went wrong? Like, mm. what, what do we think went wrong? 
as it relates to us as sportsmen, as a sporting community, right? Yeah. Like we're talking about recruitment. That story doesn't help with our three. It just doesn't. And that story doesn't help with life. It doesn't help like, at all. <laughs> you, you shouldn't trip out with having guns. I mean, that's like 10 commandments of firearm safety, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, let's put that. I mean, I don't want to focus on that part of the conversation so much. It's tragic and, and certainly um, wrongs need to be righted and, and things will work itself out there. Um, I, I wouldn't even want to try to look for some cautionary tale. I, I would, I would say uh, if you're going to go to hunting camp, know the people you're going with, know the people you're going with, <laughs> you know, have some semblance of understanding. Yeah. And, and, and more, and that is the most important thing. But the other piece is man, as firearms owners, right. As sportsmen, sportswomen, think about the representation. Yeah. Think about how it, is going to look. Think about your traditions now, right? Fred, when I go out and do something that's dumb, I misrepresent myself on social media. I'm not just misrepresenting myself. No. I'm misrepresenting you. I'm misrepresenting NWTF. I'm misrepresenting any all of the organizations and individuals that are in this thing to better. When you have cases like that, that sends us 10 years back in the past, Mm. right? That we lose ground on all of these great accomplishments that we had, right? We've had the Land and Water Conservation Act, right? Which was a resounding success and will continue to be a success. Why do we want to cloud stuff like that with terrible crimes that shouldn't have never happened in the first place? You know what I'm saying? And then get magnified by the racial aspects of it. Like, man, we're better than that. As and, a and, community, and, and of course, it's better. it's an outlier. Like most of these things tend to be like it's not the norm. It's not a fair. It's not even a representation of, of our community. It's not. But you know how it is, man. We were talking about the news media. Oh, yeah. That's the easiest thing to tack on to a story. Yeah. Right. No, like. But where where in addition to having those discussions, because those discussions are important and 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 that kind of stuff doesn't need to happen. But in addition to that, I want to celebrate how dope people are. Right. Like yeah. the 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 awesome accomplishments that people are, are having in this space. Yeah, because the one prevailing factor about the universe that I believe is that good will always overcome. I, I just fundamentally believe that. it has to. It has. To. Otherwise, we're not. We don't have humanity. We don't. So, but but the evil is so easy to market. That's why. That's why it's, why it's <laughs> evil, man. The devil makes it easy, right? It's too easy. Yeah, that's how he works. You know, I mean, it, it's just it's it's one of those things, man. We like I said, I said this before. We have to be stewards of each other. You know, and. And, and that goes back into, you know, today in my emphasis, like the turkey trick, right? Like when I heard about it, I, you, you told me like, hey, man, want to come down, hunt with you coming to coming to Georgia. You told me about everything and all the details. Well, that's a trek. That's a journey. Right. When you're when you're on that journey, I want to make your visit. Right. Your arrival. Just as comfortable, right? It was very comfortable. I do appreciate that. <laughs> I actually feel bad about it, but no, it was a late flight bad. coming in from Billings, Montana or Denver. But and it's all good. And man, if it had been any later, I'd have got them done the same thing. Yeah, well, you know, it's much um, appreciated. I, I, we we need to make our experience this trek, right? 
no one, it, it's just not fun to be on a trip and, and the trip is just, it just sucks, right? It, it's long, it's arduous. No. And so, and I want to talk a little bit more about the turkey trek and like, and, and how um, Sporting Life and Minority Outdoor Alliance can help in that endeavor. Yeah. You know, but my goal with you coming here to Georgia was to give you you know, a quality place to share that story yeah. and, and all of that stuff. And we definitely did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. So now tell me about how we can help with Turkey Trek. Tell, like, give me the, the whole rundown, man. So, I mean, in in, in totality here, the big 40,000 foot view, you know, Turkey Trek is going to run run its course. It's a, it's a campaign that's got some incentives built in for, uh, from our friends at Meteor, but the under the over, arching uh, theme is membership mm-hmm. okay. uh, buying that membership becoming a member having some sort of skin in the game um and and, and committing yourself you know it we want you to be nwtf members that's so that's very important to us that gives us a voice when it comes to policy making uh when it when it comes to working with people in, in washington dc or at the state agency levels like those voices those number of voices mean something to those people because yep. uh, in a in a kind of a boiled down sort of way those voices are votes yep. right so there's incentive to listen when it's a loud voice and it's a big voice right mm-hmm. so the other side of those memberships is and i talk about this on the program all the time is the ability to match funds that power of that 35 dollars. it's not just 35 dollars. on on average it's a five to one match when when our professionals put those 35 dollars to work so now you're you know, you're up over two hundred dollars. You would just nice. just for signing up yeah. through the Turkey Track portal or whatever campaign we have coming down the road. Uh, help the Yelp is still current. Like that's power. Yeah, that is powerful. And to be able to come down here uh, to Georgia and see how some of those monies have been put to work in a beautiful spot like that and in a managed habitat, like that's proof positive. And that's the biggest thing is maybe the disconnect is is people get their magazine that they spend their $35, but they never like, it's almost like R three, right? Yeah. Like they don't see it through mm-hmm. or it's like getting a new hunter and, and getting them through hunter education and maybe got them hunting once, but like there's no follow through, like there's no retention. It's the new year's resolutions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, man. <laughs> Planet fitness, hard charging for the first two weeks. And then pff, that's it. My calves hurt and I'm out. Yep. Like, if we can, if you could get a lot of these people to these places and they're in every state, Mm-hmm. Like you can see, you can see the goodness that is, that is happening. Mm-hmm. So in large part, that's what it is. You know, COVID, COVID kicked all of our asses in one way or another, and it, it hit our membership hard. Yeah. Most of the people traditionally go to fundraising banquets in their community, or they'll travel with some uh, to support other volunteers. And uh, that's where a lot of our memberships come from. And when you didn't gather and all the nonprofits can speak for this because no one was allowed to mm-hmm. gather and have these fundraising events. Everything went virtual. It's a different spin. It's a different motivation. A lot of the, you know, in the moment uh, adrenaline rush is taken away. Like, so, you know, as, as someone that used to do this work as, as a regional director, like there was some spontaneous spending and that's yeah. great. That helps. Like people just get caught up in the moment. They're, they're excited. They're motivated. They believe in what's happening uh, in that moment and beyond. And they, and they're like, you know what, I can do more and I'm going to, and I, I can reconcile that in this moment. And they do. And some of them do it in a big way. Right. When you don't have that spontaneity and it's just a very uh, ones and zeros binary sort of transaction, you know, you lose that energy that's in the room. It's so important to be together. And this comes back to Mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. and being in the space and being around people. I, 
reading this book by John Deloney and we talk and it talks about we are wired. Our brains, our bodies, our souls need human contact. You and I are both admitted introverts. Yep. Like I'm hardcore introvert. Hardcore. <laughs> it doesn't sound like this, but it's because you and I are both comfortable right. in this space with each other. We trust each other. There's a right. mutual unspoken agreement between two guys, right? right. And we can ha- we can open up to each other. That's often how uh, some introvert, most introverts are. Like mm-hmm. they have their people, mm-hmm. and it'll you can't really shut us up at that point <laughs> until you put us in a very uncomfortable position, right? Yep. But that community, that being togetherness, is that's uh that's the church man that's that's what gets it done oh now you're talking my language so <laughs> now i'm good for writing about writing references to the church and sanctuary in yeah. my outdoor um literature um i've done it a lot of outdoor life and gun you know different stuff like that and i believe like in in my opinion and this is my thing i grew up southern baptist yeah. i mean like classic historic Atlanta, Southern Baptist Church, all of that stuff. And and my great granddaddy was one of the founders and all of that. And, you know, dang, man, we have talked about a lot in a short amount of time. You know, we were talking about, you know, people's connection to yeah. the church and spirituality and yes. religion. Right. Right. Like we covered as a, that topic. As we think is a, as a, as a missing component mm-hmm. in the general scheme of things. And yeah. maybe if people could find their way to at least acknowledging um, something is larger, something's larger than you. Yeah. Right. right, yeah. right. Okay. Keep going. I don't want to no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's just wild how all of these things are cycling back around. Anyway, they all connect. It, it all connects. And like me having that background in the church, I was still very detached, you know, from church, like going to church yeah. every Sunday and all. I was very detached from it. It was a, it was a, it was a thing to do. It was a chore that I did every Sunday for the, for all the politics and all that it was worth, right? Sure. Like families heavily ingrained in it and all that. And I didn't really have a relationship with the church that I think was indicative of something that, that people should like model. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I came and went as I did. Mm-hmm. Well, then I got into the outdoors and and that was as a child. Right. And I didn't I wasn't processing that. I just knew I just knew what I felt and what I was feeling was that church was that feeling mm-hmm. that I was feeling God, honestly, mm-hmm. like, you know, you call it what you want. But I was feeling God and I was feeling the beauty of of, of what it means to to recreate in the outdoors yeah. frequently. You know, and 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 what that looks like as it evolves, right? Like as a kid, it was, you know, catching frogs and 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 uh, shooting squirrels, right? Like with BB guns and and you know, you catch it, you kill it, and ooh, look what I did, right? And, I, and that that was my that was a, a a very young, naive part of the relationship, right? Um, and then as you get older, that becomes not okay, right? And, and you start to question your relationship. Like, how could I do that? Right. That's church. Right. Like, how how could I go and and, you know, cuss out, uh, you know, my parents for something that I said? True story. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying like. And, and it's a part of that growth. And how can I do that thing and then turn around on Sunday and say I'm a, you know, a man of God. Right. And then you grow and you mature after that. And then you come into this like this responsibility and stewardship that you have 
for the outdoors, mm. just like you going into the church and you you're now an usher, right? Like you're a steward of the door. I did that for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't necessarily thrilled about it, but it was a part of it, right? Like it, it was, it was, it, I was a part of it. And I can now understand why that was important. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To understand it. And so when you talk about church, there are various elements of, of the structure of church that very well, um, very easily coincide with the outdoors mm-hmm. and our relationship. Even again, going back to not pulling a trigger today, that is, that is a, an evolution of, of, of oneself, right? Yeah. Like you and I both know how tempting it is. Like when we both started hunting, I got to shoot it. Yep, I right. got to do this. Right. Well, now in church, they teach about self-control, mm-hmm. right? They teach about choices and decision, decision-making. That's where that stuff comes in. You know, when we talk about, when we're talking about the outdoors in church, man, like, like I said, you, <laughs> you barking up the right church. Yeah, of course. No, that's why I say it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a thought and I just spaced it. That, that happens often. I'm running on fumes, honestly. <laughs> I'm surprised you're still awake. Um, we had a nice lunch, which refueled us there down at the uh, the 219 Diner. That was, 219 Diner. That was nice. That refueled was a, me for a little bit. That was a local spot that I was really enjoying. And then my, the calamari was really good. That was a good choice, by the way. Yeah, man. They did a good job they with that. They did a good job. Um, but the vibe of that, man, like, and not that I'm surprised, but I did not know that they had gators in that lake. Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. Like, let's go for a swim. <laughs> now they weren't oh. like, it wasn't a whole lot of gators, but like, just to know. I think that, one's a whole lot where I come from. Like, so it's all relative, touche. right? <laughs> like, <laughs> touche. One gator in Georgia, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Like, you tell me I have a one in thousand chance of getting my ass bit by a gator. <laughs> Chances are uh, I'm going to err on the side of caution, stay on the, the deck. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to err on the side. I will like, watch all the sea dews go scooting about. Right. I think with Georgia, and they weren't like prevalent in the lake for anybody that's listening. <laughs> it, they were there, though. But I guess for, for me, it, it, you, you grow up learning and knowing about the presence of gators in Georgia. Yeah. And you just be like, it's a, it's a thought. No. We're not as bad as Florida people, though. Florida people actually go up and like grab the gators, and they're like, "Oh, they're like little puppies." It's like, it's, it's uh, apropos. It's like you, Florida man. Yeah, yo, Florida man is a classic, though. Florida man. Florida man is a classic. Florida my, man grabs my um, back legs of a gator, gets his hand bit off. Are you surprised, Florida man? Florida man, like no, and and. <laughs> So we're not that bad with about that, but we're, but I mean, I'm aware like, okay, I probably don't need to be in the water. I, <laughs> I would have, I would not be swimming in that lake. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I would probably, I would do like the sea dudes and stuff like that. Cause I'm, I'm moving, Yeah, but I'm, I'm not swimming, dude. Um, probably not. Not in a, I said it's a middle Georgia lake. That wasn't even South Georgia. Now, South Georgia, I'm not duck hunting down there. I'm not swimming. I'm not. <laughs> nope. And everything want to kill you in South Georgia, dude. Timber rattlers. Yeah, further Eastern south Island, you get, it gets a bit more hostile. It gets a little bit more hostile. And then you get to Florida. And that's where it's just, I, I don't know how those people do it between the now. And this is something that I actually want to um, just kind of do a little shout out. The, um, Okie Finoki Swamp, part of Georgia, part of Florida. 
um, the Everglades and all of that. That's another piece of conservation that I really want people just me being, you know, native to the South. Mm -hmm. I want people to check out, too. And they actually those swamps have really good turkey populations, too, by the way. Yeah. Um, But there's a film that I actually um, just went to. I'm on the board of Georgia River Network and um, Okie Finoki Destiny is the film. It's a PBS film that my executive director of uh, Georgia River Network and a good friend of mine, Rena Peck, um, she put the film together. And if you want to talk about, again, good, solid stewardship and conservation work, go to YouTube and check out the Okie Finoki Destiny. Cool. Turkeys show up in that? I don't think turkeys showed up in it. I don't remember it. I just know that all of those swamps have really good turkeys. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, but it all plays into habitat and mm. ecosystem, right? And all of these things that honestly help keep our world turning around. You know, um, and there's and I and I like to explore that overlap, right? Like how do gators overlap with turkeys? We've transitioned that. But then earlier today we were talking about quail, right? Yeah. And they're not a ton of quail in middle Georgia, but there are enough to say that we have them. Mm-hmm. And that habitat overlaps with turkey. Of course habitat. it does. It's all upland habitat and everyone and <laughs> they all enjoy it. They all enjoy it. And so while we were sitting trying to get the last gobbler to come out the woods, well, Jeff was over there. He's like, I think I heard a covey of quail call. Yeah, no kidding. You know, there's just that overlap, man. And I, I think to 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 sum everything up that I'm saying, everyone has overlap. It all comes back to the relationships that we have. You and I have overlap, right? Like ideological overlap, you know, um, hunting overlap. Like there's a lot of things, man. And we just got to be mindful that we're more alike than we are different. hundred percent. You know, so it, it it's it's just really motivating to me, man. And I like I said, I, I was just through the roof when you gave me a holler and said, look, I'm coming to Georgia. Let's hunt. Yeah. 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 This is going by way too fast. <laughs> um, so I, in the remaining minutes, because you got to get home, it's super late and you got to get your kids. And mm-hmm. uh, again, thanks so much for spending the time and, and making yourself available um, and, and being away from your family for a full day. Uh, and there can the closing minutes talk. To the audience about the organizations you represent, you run, that you founded, um, what's going on, current initiatives. I mean, we all have an idea of of what they're about, but like what's current, what's happening? So I will start with our nonprofit that I co-founded with my wife, Ashley, um, the Minority Outdoor Alliance. And Minority Outdoor Alliance, simply put, we are cultivating inclusivity for a healthier outside. Like that's our big mission. That's what we're going after. Um, and in it, you go to minorityoutdooralliance.org and, and kind of follow some of the things that we have going on. Um, the website will actually be, there'll be a new site coming up in the next couple of days, matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, with a bunch of new initiatives, content. But we are sent, we're centering our emphasis in a number of different buckets, media, um, namely film, uh, events, education. Mm-hmm. Okay. We want to educate people. We want to make sure that you have a good time and we want to represent. And all of that then goes to policy as well. We want to make sure that we're involved in policy, you know, um, getting more black and brown people from all walks of life. And 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 after that, the work ain't done. Right. Like mm-hmm. we 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 want to deal with disabled populations. We want to do we want to make sure that the work is continuing. But all of this goes to getting people 
into the sporting outdoors. Right? So that's, I'm going to jump in. I didn't think I was going to, but I'm going yeah, to, yeah. because you set me up perfectly for a question that's been on my mind for a long time is in this, here I go. I'm going to qualify something that may sound uncomfortable to people listening, but it's not, it's just a genuine question. Do you hope at some point there is no need for your organization or, but what you just said, I found interesting. You're going to expand that beyond making a safe, comfortable place for black and brown and, yeah. and yellow and, you know, uh, perceived minorities in the in the country to know that, you know, we talked about this mm -hmm. at convention. People have been hunting for millennia after millennia after millennia. It's like mm -hmm. it, it's got nothing to do with color of skin. Right. Um, it's, it's the most natural thing we, we possibly do uh, besides, you know, breeding and, and dying. Right. Um, but my, my, my point is like, do you hope it gets to a place almost uh, MLK Jr. esque mm -hmm. in the fact that you no longer need it and that people are just comfortable and that the sense of community is there and everyone's accepting. Maybe this is like over the river, uh, over the no, rainbow kind of stuff. It's, it's like not. in my that's mind, right question. Yeah. that's what I want. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to be a point of emphasis every time you talk to somebody because then you're constantly you're, 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 you're qualifying you're, stuff right now. Right now, we need the emphasis on minority outdoor lines, right? I agree. We, we need right now because that's that's the topic that yes. we're all mm -hmm. struggling to 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 you to guys with, are right? a conduit for a population of people that that need a conduit. Yeah. And and I appreciate that. And I also appreciate the question because it is a question that Ashley and I thought about the day that we decided we're gonna start this. Well, I said we said Minority Outdoor Alliance, great, love the name, got a ring, all of that. Mm. And I said, but how long are we going to be my minorities? Right. How long? It, and if it, it's not only a growing demographic change of America, yeah, that's happening. But I mean it in a different context. I want to make sure that we no longer need the minority piece mm -hmm. of Minority Outdoor Alliance name. Yeah. I want the organization. I, I, the organization so that that's, that's that's passion work. That's life work, right? Every great organization goes through a rebrand at some there, point. There you go. I had to do that with Sport Life. No, mm -hmm. I'll talk about that later. But <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I want to. I want to challenge us all, not just me, not just my wife, not just mm -hmm. our board. I want to challenge everyone. You, Ms. Becky, Whit, Howard, everybody, right? All of the leaders in this, this conservation thing mm -hmm. to, to help us not have to have the minority piece mm -hmm. in the, the, in, in what we're doing, right? We want it to just be the outdoor Alliance, but right, but, but right now, that's not that's not what's that doesn't communicate right what, what you're you doing what mm -hmm. right now. The need is we need to get more black and brown communities outside 100%. and feeling good about it. Right. And do it in an educated capacity. Yep. You know, um, I don't know how long that's going to take, man. Yeah. No, it's a big question. It's a it. But it was. But a I appreciate your answer, we were, dude. It, it That 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 was one of the first things that we thought about yeah. when we formed the organization. Um, and we want to show people why it is important to have, you know, as it stands right now, minorities in the outdoors, man, there it, it's it's not a minority history, man. Like everybody, we're, if we're calling ourselves American, you know, your history and background is my history and background mm -hmm. and vice versa. Right. Yep. There's that sharing piece of it. You might not have ever known about it, but when you come to Georgia, you're going to find out. About it. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? When you come hunting with Darrell, you're going to find out about that history. And and that history is dope. 
you know, like it's, it's, that's the best part of traveling, you know, uh, for like this, this crazy pursuit of these turkeys in in all the States. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about the Turkey. Mm -hmm. It's what you just said, the learning aspect and, 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 and seeing places for what they truly are, not just cruising through concrete jungles and airports and trains or whatever, like get off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. And just and learn. Eyes, learn. Yes. Eyes, Observe. You said that earlier. Yep. And then um, my 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 second organization and, and my baby, this is like where I started. Right. Um, it is the Sporting Life Notebook. Mm-hmm. And that is my for profit. It originally was called the Gun Dog Notebook. Right. And again, every organization has to go through a rebrand when you're doing the, the right kind of work that mm-hmm. you need to be doing. And we're following our path. Um, our, our tagline and mission is, is, is bringing the unlikely to the outdoors. That was something that I had a, a mission that I'd always been on track with throughout my life anyway, just unlikely things and horses, skateboarding, all kinds of stuff like that, getting into the outdoors. But through that work, I was able to connect with the guys that mentor me, like the dog men, like the guys down in South Georgia, like classic plantation country. I was able to dispel those myths through that. I was able to do the research to show all of these just really awesome stories. And it started through a podcast Mm. that podcast has since grown to be a a larger brand. And we're doing all kinds of different things, films and guiding hunts and different, you know, all kinds of stuff. It looks like a blast. It's, it is such a blast that I am officially leaving teaching as of May 26th. Yeah. It's doing it. Big move. It's a big move, but it's a blessed move. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. I appreciate it. Every person aspires to control their own destiny. That's that well, is, I feel like that's the biggest take part of range. Yeah, American dream, if it, there ever was one. It is. You got to take it by the reins and realize, like, you know, we all have like this this super awesome, super dope capacity to just be something larger than than what we might think mm-hmm. we are, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm on a constant pursuit in doing that. Right. Like challenging myself and, and these organizations are the way in which I do that. Um, it brought my my wife new opportunities that she never even thought were around. Like it's just opened. Both of these organizations have opened up doors for our family tremendously. Um, and and it takes partnerships and collaborations to be able to do that. Sure. You know, it takes you know, community, community, right. That's the running theme, you know, and, and so that's where we are. Uh, Minority Outdoor Alliance and the Sporting Life Notebook are, those are my two babies, man. Where can people find you? Um, so Minority Outdoor Alliance.org, the Sporting Life Notebook.com. If you need my emails, um, I got 50 million of them, but if, um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're, you're selling me car insurance, right, 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 right. If you're selling me car insurance, if my warranty is expired, <laughs> Send it to like Darrell Smith because they'll go to the, the jump mail. You're a now. Bangladeshi prince with a fortune that you inherited that you need to share. Right. Well, then call me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> call me. Um, don't go to the spam email. But my email is Darrell Smith at uh, the Sporting Life Notebook dot com or Darrell Smith at Minority Outdoor Alliance dot org. And you can find both organizations on Instagram as well. 
this could go so much longer. And even in your closing <laughs> remarks, you're like you you're talking about um, myths mm-hmm. of plantation. Like I, I want to dive into that. Oh, we're we gonna, will. We're going to put a pin in that because I want to know what that means. I, yeah. that, that's very intriguing to me. Um, and I suspect there's a whole great history there and something to talk about and flesh out at another time. But uh, we're up against it for your personal clock. And uh, Miss Ashley is yeah. going to want her husband home with the children. Yeah. So we're going to relieve you of your uh, your hosting duties. <laughs> You've been awesome. Thanks for everything. That's for, for hosting us, uh, bringing NWTF and myself uh, down to a beautiful spot and, and sharing with us. And then, you know, just deepening connections. Thank oh, you. Man. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. And man, I'm looking forward to doing this again. Yeah, we're going to because I got to kill a turkey in Georgia. So. <laughs> right. Well, we need to but, do that. And then so. you can, <laughs> like always, uh, uh, you can come up to, uh, to New Hampshire mm-hmm. and I can show you around my very small state. <laughs> Will do. And Ashley actually thinks New Hampshire is stunning and beautiful. She it is. School there for a second. So that's another conversation. She, she did? She Hold did. on. Address that. <laughs> Where'd she go to school? <laughs> she was in law school. I don't remember the name of it because I just don't. We were dating at the time. Did she go to Dartmouth? No, she didn't go to Dartmouth. UNH? Dart- uh, I'll text her and get the name for you. No, you can, you can follow I'll, it up. I'll, we're not going to put it in the show it notes. It's just my own personal wondering. She, I, she, she went to school up there for about a year and some change and then transferred down here to, yeah. um, to Georgia State. Yeah. Um, something to do with cold or something like that but it's cold it's still cold <laughs> you guys all your leaves are out and i just got a text from my wife they're having a backyard fire uh with some of the neighborhood kids and there's no freaking leaves still <laughs> like it's it's still cold it's uh matter of fact it's 52 degrees yeah no it's you know, not 52 degrees with a with a low of 30 so <laughs> good thing they get the fire going i will uh i'll get the name of it i can't remember to say no that's life. very curious um, and, and interesting yeah she was up there and awesome. she um she can tell you more about it but she just loves the 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 color change and all that stuff. Oh yeah, fall's fantastic in the Northeast. Yep, that's awesome. Yep. So, all right, brother. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate. We'll it. do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you again to Terrell for his hospitality, for making late night trips to the Atlanta airport, <laughs> uh, early morning trips. Back into the city and then down to where we ended up there in uh, midway down there on the Alabama border. Uh, new new sights and sounds for me. It was a pleasure. It was awesome. And um, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I love real talk. I love asking genuine, real questions and having honest conversation. That's how that's how we get where we're going. Um those that know me, those that are listening to this program, I think you got get who I am or what I'm about uh, as far as getting answers or having conversations. I'm not one for tap dancing. I'm not extremely strategic <laughs> uh, in, in, in working 10 chess moves ahead. I, I have questions. I want them answered. And it's my curiosity is genuine. And, um, you know, I'm not looking to necessarily frame an answer in my questioning. I just want to, I want to know. And in this case here, this conversation, uh, I, I'm sure it's going to, or did, will continue to make some folks uncomfortable. Uh, I hope you get over it um, because as a, as a community, as a hunting community, as a, as an outdoor conservation community, um, we're not a huge population. Uh, breaking news, right? So, I know there's a great cliche out there, get uncomfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well, that is apropos for this episode. Um, not entirely, 
But going forward, I hope you're as lucky to have friends, colleagues, acquaintances that you trust enough and you feel comfortable enough to ask hard questions or uncomfortable questions. It's how we get better. And I think it speaks to the character of, of all involved in, in such conversations. Um, when you're able to do that without worrying about being offended or offending, and you come from a, just a genuine place and, and wanting to, to learn and be better. Um, at any rate, I think that's what we had here. And I'm so appreciative of the conversation and of Darrell's time and his willingness to, to have open, honest conversation. I wish, like I said in the, the episode, you could have heard, you know, our conversation in the truck. These are real conversations and they're real people. We are real people and we have them. Uh, another show for or another conversation, maybe for another show down the line. Um, certainly not here, <laughs> uh, but you never know what, what may come of that. And I, uh, Getting into my mid forties, I still am constantly learning and enjoy enjoy that part of my job is is having the opportunity to learn, to meet people, and learn from those experiences, and um and bring that home, and then be able to you know show my kids there's a bigger world out there with bigger ideas and more thoughts and feelings, and and people have them, and it's not just uh centralized to our little part of the world. So anyway, uh, we will definitely be doing more with Darrell and his organizations going forward. There's just so much opportunity for collaboration between our two great organizations. Well, three. Um, thanks, my brother, for for hosting and running around. And uh, as I often say, being a part of my history. Turkey season's over. Well, when this drops, there will technically be two and a half days left, I think, in the 2022 season. For the most part, it's over. I hope you've had time to recover. I have not. I'm still catching my breath. It was a hell of a season. I hope it left you wanting more. It always does for me. And that's what keeps us coming back. A lot of great stuff happening with the organization, guys. Um, uh, I think the last installment, we talked about our new co-CEOs. We got some great content coming out about them, about we get to learn who they are, what they're about. So I encourage you, social platforms, to to log on, follow uh, check them out. Get to know them. They're going to be around for a while, and they are two stellar individuals that are going to lead our organization into some fantastic places. Coming up next week, some of us will be on location in North Carolina at the uh, 12th Turkey Wild Turkey Symposium. This occurs like every handful of years. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff covered, a lot of great conversations being had with the state of the wild turkey Everything from a scientific standpoint, and I can't wait to bring you conversations at some point down the line here um, with the professionals, with the with the the men and women who are out there with grad students, doctor students uh, doing the research, putting the resources that we cultivate to work. Some pretty groundbreaking stuff I think is going to come out of this. So I'm looking forward to uh, bringing that to you again at some point in its totality. Heads up, if you are on Twitter and you're not following the NWTF, please do that. We'll be live tweeting uh, from the symposium for what we can and letting you all in on that. You can follow along. Uh, if anything else, it's a, it's a great way to know who in the zoo uh, is going to be there, right? Uh, today's professionals. A lot of us know um, popular names of Mike Chamberlain, Dr. Mike Chamberlain, or Brett Collier. Um, there's going to be so many more. 
uh, people that you're going to want to get to know, people that are likely in your backyard working with your state agencies, right? All-stars, superstars. And this is this is the good stuff. This is where we nerd out and uh, unapologetically so. We're going to just nerd out and have a good time learning and getting educated, asking tough questions and then hopefully it inspires more research and inspires more opportunity for learning and having honest conversations. So uh, that's coming. There's a ton of fundraising opportunities. So you can, you know, if you're looking to join to renew that membership, uh, I know there's still those really badass Masio coolers that are available uh, through the end of June, the collaboration with Martian Milko project Dufflin and the NWTF on the fighting Tom's hockey t-shirt uh, that is available to you if you want to join or renew a membership and you want to get in on that that special hockey shirt uh more things throughout the summer will be coming and we'll hit you to those as they come i know there's a uh motorcycle raffle going on you guys can get in on that join or renew i think that gets you a uh a year subscription to hunt stand as well uh so that's pretty awesome uh and you can get in on a on a harley davidson gliding in to the 50th anniversary on the Harley Davidson street lot. Awesome stuff. That's it. I'm getting ready to go long here, uh, way longer than I wanted to on this out, but, uh, that's where we're at. It's, uh, we're into June, man. And that, uh, that scares the hell out of me. Time's flying by so fast, <laughs> but here we are and we're going to make, uh, make do of summer and get ourselves to September. Most of us are already longing for it as well as spring, 2023 but before we get there we got to get to our convention and boy howdy do we got a convention lining up for you i can't believe we're already talking about it. i feel like we just left nashville um nevertheless here we are we are talking about it and it is coming and it's going to be a hell of a party uh as we celebrate our 50th anniversary so until next time i think next time like i said uh we're heading to vermont that will almost round out our turkey season coverage i think we have one more with another special guest uh and then we have more more cool folks uh from across the country we're bringing you uh and then the 12th turkey wild turkey symposium coverage to come so look forward to all of that like subscribe we're available guys it's so important uh there was a some sort of snafu with facebook uh so a lot of our coverage a lot of what you guys are hearing comes by way of of that news feed that facebook feed uh and facebook has decided not to push a lot of podcasts for whatever reason now so if you don't want to miss a beat subscribe for sure. So you can do that on Apple. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on iHeart, Google Play, just wherever you listen to podcasts, just see if there's a subscribe button. If you can do that, subscribe. You will never miss it. You'll always get alerts on your phone. Hey, new Turkey Call All Access just dropped every other Thursday, guys. You can count on it. Um, until next time, guys, be safe out there. Love each other. Take care of each other. Subscribe and rate where available. You guys make this, this thing happen. Thanks for all the support. Thanks again to my guest, Darrell Smith. We'll see you next time in Vermont. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. 
the Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast, hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad Turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts. Picture this, the sky full of birds, a good dog by your blind, and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle 3. Dominate the skies.